Hello, Akaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Appella. I am one half of your host, Brian Alexander. Joining me, as always, is... Alicia Edwards. <laughs> a good friend of Brian's, or at least I like to think so. Oh, of course, of course. Man, <laughs> it, it feels good just kind of having that co-host feeling again. I'm like, I know this is only your second episode with us, but I'm already feeling the chemistry. I'm feeling, you know, all the good vibes here. But Alicia, how are you doing today? I'm good. We had some snow this morning, which mm-hmm. I love mid-April. I don't. I don't love it <laughs> at all mid-April. But I mean, I can't do much complaining. I've still got a job and my day-to-day hasn't been interrupted terribly. Oh, that's great. I was going to ask you, so how are you like maintaining your sanity right now? You know, what's your free time consist of? Because mine is just, I think I'm halfway through like Netflix and Hulu, like literally the entire catalog. So I do that. I I definitely Mm -hmm. binge watch TV shows. But right now I also have this lovely project. I have this fun looking package here that's kind of mangled because I tried to rip it open and wasn't very (laughs) successful. It's a bunch of ribbon to make fabric ties for masks because I like to sew and... That has been keeping me sane for the last little bit. <laughs> so nice. You're going to have like this really cool craft by the time all this is said and done, right? Uh, I mean, I'm giving most of them away. So if either of you need masks, <laughs> let me know. Okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I now have a connect for, for masks. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, cool. I'm excited to hear that. So we have a great show lined up for all you listeners out there today. I'm really excited about our guest that's joining us. It's the first time, and to my knowledge, that we've had someone involved with Varsity Vocals joining us, uh, but I won't give too much away. I will let her kind of do all the talking for us. Joining us, we have Elise Hackle. Elise, how are you doing? I'm good. As good as we can be during this time, but even <laughs> right? better now that we're here talking about acapella. Nice. Yeah, that always makes the day a little bit better, you know? We can talk about those things. Completely agree. (laughs) So, Elise, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how do you do acapella? What's your story? I have a very long story, so I'll give the tidbits (laughs) and then if you have more questions about it later, feel free to ask. But I am currently in my sixth year working for Varsity Vocals. I actually was a competitor many, many years ago. I've been a judge. I've hosted competitions and then I wanted to get involved. And so I became a team member of Varsity Vocals. I started off as an ICHSA producer just initially in the Midwest area. And from there, I've played in multiple regions. So currently I'm in the Great Lakes, the Midwest, the Southwest. Wow. And then I've done ICCA shows as kind of just an associate where needed. And then I also now run our training programs. So our producer training and our media training programs. Oh, my goodness. You sound like a very busy person. (laughs) (laughs) I like to be busy. When it's acapella, it's just fun. So, you know, it's not a job. Yeah, exactly. I don't think people realize that enough. You know, it's just fun at the end of the day. I like that. So one of the things just kind of listening to your illustrious background, you're involved in so many different aspects. I'm curious, you know, how did you get involved with ICCA and the whole ICHSA? Excuse me. Let me make sure I say that correctly. Yeah. You know, what drew you to all of that? Yeah. So I, uh, as many of us, I was a show choir kid in high school. And I saw, you know, Glee and I was like, well, this is show choir. But then they would do all these cool acapella pieces. And I instantly became drawn. And I remember, I think I was a senior in high school and Carry On My Wayward Son by Reverse Osmosis came. I heard that song and I was like, I mean, I would, if (laughs) if ever you would catch me running, which by the way, doesn't happen. But if ever I was like, I'm going to exercise, I would play that for 40 minutes straight. 
Just that right. one track. And so once I discovered that, I was in. And then I went to the Illinois State University for my undergraduate. And there I joined an all-female group called Secondary Dominance. And we competed in ICCA for, uh, well, I was competed three times with them. And we hosted a competition. And that's where I met the ICCA Midwest producer. And I just looked at her and I was like, how do I become you? <laughs> I want to be you. And then I, I applied to judge the next year after I got my music degree. And I met the ICHSA director, Andrea Poole, who happened to be pregnant with her first child at the time and I kind of pestered her and I was like you know I think this would be so cool I love judging but I'm also just really type A and organized I feel like I can (laughs) help as an intern or something and she's like actually I am going to pop at the date of the next competition if I train you would you be interested and so I was like absolutely and that's (laughs) really it just was the right place at the right time and very cool Definitely, I think my type A self overdid it. And they're like, well, now she has all of our paperwork. So she has to be hired. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think a lot of us kind of like who've had involvement with acapella, at least from a collegiate standpoint, where I was just like, you know, how do I get to that next level? How do I get myself involved in that? And then you just have this, as you said, right place, right time moment. And it's just like, oh, I'm jealous. I'm just like so completely jealous. I, I wish that could have been me. So, so that's Brian asking you, how do I do that? I want to do it. <laughs> well, we have a training program. So we have many now. Well, it's, it's actually funny that you bring that up. So something that a lot of people don't know about me is that I actually also have a younger sibling who's involved in the acapella circuit as well. Oh, and cool. awesome. this year was his senior year, oh, his last year oh, in his acapella no. group. And I know, I know I felt so bad. And for you, I mean, he was in middle school when he was coming to see shows with me. Oh, wow. Like he was, he was a fan forever. I remember him driving down my first ICCA competition. He came down <laughs> and just was so excited. He was like, it's pitch perfect, but real. <laughs> and, you know, then he decided he went to the same college I did. He joined the all-male group there mm-hmm. and he became the music director of the group. And so this this year especially is super touching to me because I got to see him. Actually, the last quarterfinal that I got to go to because of COVID-19 was his. Oh, my goodness. And so it was, and it was his last, and I was just like, oh, the circle of life. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, I love that you brought up Pitch Perfect there because I think that movie did a great job of drawing a lot of attention to competitive acapella and really helping people realize that this is a real thing. In doing so, a lot of the focus tends to be on the groups who do take part in ICCA or ICHSA, and for good reason. Um, but what's not discussed enough are the individuals behind the scenes, such as the producers, so that's you. Can you share with us exactly what the role is of an ICCA or ICHSA producer? So literally, anything that you can think about okay. <laughs> the competition. Uh, but starting from the beginning, so we're already planning for years out. Mm. We're already making plans. I had plans in December for the 2021 season. Oh, wow. So we're we're coordinating with venues. We're coordinating with engineers. We're coordinating with directors, especially, you know, in the high schools where they have to get their calendars out a full year ahead of time yeah, to even get true. approved <laughs> and for them to plan travel. So we really are, we're talking to everybody at any given moment about just even the planning steps And then, of course, once you have the venue secured, you're talking to your engineers, you're talking to any other staff that you may be working with, you're gathering materials, you're talking to those directors, in my case, to let them know, like, hey, these are the potential dates for next year. But then also, especially in, you know, the regions that I've been in, it's really growing. Mm -hmm. And so it's making sure to stay in contact with any music educator. And for me, as as a music educator myself, saying, hey, these things exist. If you're interested in bringing your students, let us know. We'll work something out for you because we want everybody to be involved in such this, in, this such inclusive art form. Yeah. Really? And then, I mean, and that's again, like months ahead of time. <laughs> so we're not even close to the actual date. So th- 
then once everybody submits their applications, we've decided who's going to go ahead and be able to compete. Then it's really maintaining contact with them, creating inf- uh, information documents and making sure that they have all the pertinent information they need, mm-hmm. working with sound gen- engineers to make sure that we have all the equipment, making sure that everything's safe and accessible for performers at the venue, despite any differences or needs that they have. And then we're that's continuous for like the months leading up to it. Obviously, things happen. People have to change events. So it's coordinating all of that. Really, it's it's being like the middle person for mm-hmm. every other possible okay. anything that needs to be connected. And then it's show day, finally. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, even before the show starts, I'm like, you're already exhausted. Yeah. And then on show day, too, it's really making sure that everybody has what they need, not just from a performance aspect, but also audience members and the, making sure mm-hmm. the venue has what they need. Everybody is good to go and everybody has what they need to just put on a really great show. So that's the gist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. I- I'm curious because you, you mentioned a lot of staying in contact with all these different um, music educators and schools and all these other resources. Does that come from just a kind of like a, a contact list of people who've been involved before, competed before? Is there like a fair amount of outreach that goes along with this entire process? I think both. So, you know, even six years ago when I started, there were like four ICHSA semifinals. It wasn't even quarterfinals at that Mm -hmm. time. Okay. And really, it's a lot of times it's the directors. Like, they'll have another friend who's a director that says, I'm interested in this. And they're really good at saying, you know, here's what I like about it. Here's how this relates. And they bring, you know, they come watch their their friends group in a show and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Now, oftentimes, it's really cool. We're seeing previous ICCA competitors that have become music educators that are bringing their students. So I had one of my favorite quarterfinals this year was like seven of my college friends brought their groups to come compete. And it, it's just so cool to see. And even like <laughs> I've worked with groups as a previous ICCA director. Now as an ICHSA director, I work with some groups too. And so it really is that camaraderie, that community. And of course, there are some areas where outreach is still definitely necessary. And for me, especially, mm-hmm. I, I think there's, I think we have four music educators on the varsity vocals team. I know that like my principal is going to be looking at how does this align to our music standards? And it totally does. It totally does. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking from the high school level, but at, at the college level as well, you know, that continuing to sing and continuing mm-hmm. education. So I think as, as people who see the value in it, we really buy into it. And that's true yeah. to all of the directors, especially like I'm speaking from from the Midwest, Wisconsin, their solo and ensemble has a whole new acapella category. Their directors really oh, go wow. to bat for this art form and they've really seen the impact that it has on the students. Yeah. And and for me, at least in my early stages, it was fairly challenging. And I'm speaking back to, I guess, the years somewhere between 2000 and 2012. It was hard kind of selling people on this idea of acapella, this idea that, hey, you know, there's no instruments involved, but, you know, this can still have a great impact and it's still a lot of learning and a lot of development development in terms of music. And as a music educator, I'm sure you get you get a really great amount of insight into what it really takes to bring a lot of this stuff to fruition. And I'm just curious, is it hard selling acapella in, you know, the high school format to other educators who might not have as much experience with it? Yes and no. I think once they see it, they're in it. I mm-hmm. think a lot of times and it depends too on the 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 way that you look at it, right? So most of our acapella directors are here because they see the value in making acapella music. They see you don't need to spend thousands of dollars. Like I came from a show choir school that would spend thousands and thousands of dollars on this huge show. (laughs) And it was a great experience and it shaped me to be the teacher I am today. But you don't need that. You need you. (laughs) You need your voices. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, not even. 
you know, <laughs> but, but truly like there are ways to be, you can be in an acapella group. It's inclusive without necessarily having to use a singing voice. Right. There are ways. And that's not true to truly almost any other form of singing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a, a vocal jazz choir, usually there's a jazz band, not always, but it is a, an art form where you don't have to be paying really anything. You can mm-hmm. stand in a circle and create an arrangement yourself. And without you there, the ensemble won't be the way that it should be. Every right. person yeah. has a voice. Every person has a part. And it's it's so great to see students feel like, oh, I'm not just one of 80 members in our concert choir. I am one of these 15 people that when I'm not there, the arrangement doesn't sound right. right. So once directors can see that and see the true impact that it has on students and then see, oh, you really can meet all of these music standards. Obviously, there's a lot of training that goes into being able to perform well. And then that comes from even classical training is going to make you, a, you know, a better singer overall. But once they see that buy-in from students and they see you really can mm-hmm. meet all of these standards, you really can have students come together and build that sense of community, they're usually in. So I'm, I'm I just have a quick follow-up question to that. You mentioned that you're a music educator. Mm-hmm. Um, is that tied into your role as in working with varsity vocals or is that something that's kind of separate? Yes. I, I mean, obviously there's probably some overlap between your roles, but I'm just curious. Definitely overlap, but I don't, I think people forget that every single employee at Varsity Vocals is a part-time employee. This is our part-time job that takes over every weekend, you know? And and I think for me personally, absolutely, being a Varsity Vocals staff member has made me a better music educator and being a music educator has made me a better Mm -hmm. ICHSA producer. And I'm in a unique situation where I actually, I am close to a music therapist, so I work with all students with special needs in my full-time job. So this is a whole other group of students. It's a whole other level of music. And I, I truly think that my work with varsity vocals has helped me to see like I can bring acapella to my students Mm -hmm. I can involve them in that way and vice versa you know acapella can be truly inclusive and accessible and so I I think Mm -hmm. although they don't necessarily go hand in hand in this is my one big job they certainly play off of each other Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. We had prior to Alicia joining the show, the, my previous co-host, John and I, we were actually able to spend some time and speak with Deke Sharon on one of our previous episodes. And he was talking quite a bit about his earlier days and trying to bring acapella into the educational format and all the different challenges and, and the different kind of hurdles you have to go through when they had some success, but not as much as he wanted to personally see. And I'm finding it fascinating on the way that you're describing how it can be infused into the, the current education system right now and what it's doing in terms of, you know, either therapy or how it can be built into these music programs. And I think that's a great place to kind of relight that fire at the end of the day, bring a lot of interest back to it to show that, you know, while it's fun and it's inclusive, you know, there's also all these other added benefits in terms of music development skills or, you know, therapy as you're, you're describing. I find that really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, I'm curious. So you mentioned that this is kind of like a part time job for varsity vocals, which is interesting. And I, I didn't, a lot of times when I meet or engage with other people in the acapella culture and they're doing some kind of role, a lot of times it's like volunteer stuff. So is this kind of what you do like as a profession on the side? Is that, is that the best yeah, way to describe like it? Like a side gig. Yeah. That, that would be, yeah. Side gig. Although, okay. I mean, it's, okay. a very, it's various degrees for various people. So we have some uh, like associate producers. We have some people that do entire regions. We have some people that are doing the, all of the judges, the booking for all of the judges for the entire co- the continent. Oh. You know, so it's to varying Mm -hmm. degrees. So the great thing is that, you know, we've had a strong team. I mean, our team started pretty small and I wasn't even there for that. This is only year six for me. So (laughs) but but really, our executive director has 
given ownership to anybody that wants to be involved. And that's really how this training program started was her saying, you know, I, I have all these people reaching out wanting to get involved in, you know, how can we continue to let people be involved and in, not just involved in our company, but grow acapella as an art form. Mm-hmm. And so she's been incredible about promoting acapella as an art form, promoting it as a means for people to connect as a community outside of just ICCA and ICHSA. So how big would you say the the team that you work with in terms of maybe if we can bring it down to a singular focus for you producing for, you know, the Midwest region, the team that you work with to produce for the, the competition season, you know, how big is that team? So that's a hard question because we do all, even though we're in our own regions, we do all work together in the planning mm-hmm. process. So okay. our, our team is about I'd say, I think it's like 27. I'm probably missing one person or here or there, but 27 people. And I'd say probably about 20 of us at any given moment are interacting with each other to plan events. But then also with that, you know, at, at my shows, for example, I have potentially two production assistants and a media assistant with me. And then I might also have the ICCA producer or our adjudication director because she's in, you know, the Chicago area, a lot of us are here. So we may mm-hmm. have a team of eight people at a show. I, I've had shows where one of my associate producers is at a show with me and we have three production assistants and a media assistant. So it really just depends who's around. The cool thing is, you know, even if if I'm like, I want to go see an ICCA show, I'll just pop over, you know, and I'll just, I'll just <laughs> say, even if even if you want me to, you know, timekeep or whatever it is, I know, I know mm-hmm. some of us are trained to do other things, but I'm just, we're just here to support each other and again, to continue to support the art form. So the number right. of us working at any given moment is, it varies vastly, but um, like <laughs> this year, I think we had 14 production assistants and media assistants throughout the entire world. So we had some in the UK, we had a bunch in the US. And oh, then, wow. yeah, and so our production assistants are like shadowing our producers and media assistants are working mm-hmm. with either our website coordinator or social media people. Okay. And so they're they're working in multiple capacities, but all of these people are what make that one show even work. So it really is like every show is mm-hmm. a, an immense team effort. And is that standard, that amount of people to, to be attached to a show? You mentioned like 14. Would you say that's... Uh, is that standard for in relation to previous years or that's just in need of the, a growing organization? It's certainly growing. My first show, I think there were four people working on a show and, and I was the only one oh, there wow. in person as well because so it's our you know our adjudication director to get everything together our ICHSA director our executive director and then your producer but now it's collect you know if you're in the Midwest region you have to collaborate with all of the other producers in that area to make sure that we aren't booking in the same you know we're not both booking in Milwaukee on the same weekend because we want everybody to be able to go see each other's shows and then we're working with our adjudication directors who are also working with our Great Lakes you know so it's just everybody (laughs) has a hand in everything and even I think this is year four of our uh, training programs and the media program is new this year. So the production assistant program is four years old, unofficially, officially three. And that really just came to fruition from not even that we necessarily at the time were like, we need extra help at the shows, but it was more of we want to give people an opportunity to get involved in acapella. And from there, we've realized Mm -hmm oh, now we can do new things. Now we do need help at the shows. <laughs> and so it really is, it's just continuing to grow. And I mean, even thinking about, again, like the ICHSA alone has just blossomed in the last six years. Yeah, I remember the first, it must have been five years ago now, the first year that we had quarterfinals. It was a huge event. I, we brought in dinner for everybody. We had a nice, nice little catered <laughs> oh meal gosh. together. It was like, I will never forget <laughs> that moment. So I'm, this is the geek in me. I'm really curious just how 
what, what the growth rate really has looked like over the last six years that you've been involved? Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously can speak to ICHSA more because that's where I am mm-hmm. at. Yeah. My first year, I had seven groups at one Wisconsin show. This okay. year, and obviously, I mean, there were probably a couple Texas groups at that time, too. I just wasn't involved in the Southwest area. Mm-hmm. But right, right. this year, I had 50, full 50 groups, full region in the Great Lakes region. Wow. I think it was 48 groups in the Midwest region, full shows. And the Southwest had three quarterfinals that had about seven groups each as well. And that is (laughs) like, I mean, from seven to 50 in five years. (laughs) So it's, it's quadrupled. That's a lot. It's more than quadrupled. So, and it's just going to continue. I know like where I'm at in, in Illinois and near Chicago, more and more people are just starting to get involved because they're realizing, Oh, I can do this again. I don't need a heavy budget. I can do this. My kids are interested. How do I get on board? And so it's hard because there aren't, it's starting to grow. There are a bunch of like camps and stuff in the area that are really working Mm -hmm. towards having kids be included in acapella, but there aren't like small festivals everywhere. So, so Uh I, Okay. to say is really like the way that they can get involved at least initially and now luckily small festivals are starting to pop up and people are able to interact mm-hmm. with each other and that's great like i know casa started local vocal which has been awesome because now people can engage with acapella in a different way i know up in wisconsin they've started some mm-hmm. new camps right. and they're starting some new festivals where they'll just get together and sing and maybe have one clinician come work with them but this is all just starting to happen so i, I mean even thinking about in five years from now oh, man. hopefully there's going to be so oh, many be yeah and i truly i think the high school School groups are going to be like skyrocketing compared to the college groups because, but then then these <laughs> high schoolers cool. go off to colleges and they're like, yeah, look at what I can do, you know. <laughs> and then it's even more. <laughs> and then there's how however many of them. I, I mean, I, it sounds like it's almost oh, yeah. growing exponentially, which I'd say is a good problem to have, but I don't know that I would even classify that as a problem. I think that's something that's oh, very no. exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I say. I say a good problem all the time because it's a problem because right. we have to think about it, but it's a great it's a great challenge for us to think about how we can continue to include more people. One, I'm sure it's very exciting to see the direction that you're moving in. Absolutely. And again, yeah. when you see like I had a, a production assistant that was I've actually had a couple that were previous high school competitors that then they come back oh, awesome. and now they're mm. like, I want to work in varsity vocals. And <laughs> this I want to do what you're doing. Right? And I'm like, yeah. here, please. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> there that is so awesome and cool. And I, I, I love hearing that, you know, this art form is growing, the community is growing. And, you know, it doesn't seem like interest is slowing down, which is uh, always a positive. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we've been speaking with Elise Hackle here. And yeah, we're going to take one short break and come right back on Talkapella. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to acaville.org, check out the member benefits, because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. Welcome back to Tacapella. Thanks for tuning in with us tonight. Um, we are here with Elise Hackle of Varsity Vocals, and it's been a great conversation so far, and we're excited to speak more with her. Um, this is Alicia Edwards, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with... And of course, this is Brian Alexander. Yeah, and it's been a great conversation so far, and we're excited to, to chat some more with Elise. 
So Elise, one of the things that is a really cool aspect of Varsity Vocals is that it's more than just an organization centered around competition. I mean, that that part is, I'm sure, very exciting. But Varsity Vocals is also responsible for several education programs and training programs. What can you tell us more about these? Yeah, absolutely. So I had described a little bit earlier that initially it was like an unofficial program, mm-hmm. right? So people were coming to us saying, I'm graduating this year and I don't know what to do with myself because acapella is my whole life. Like, what am I going to do? I've said that before. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, same. And so you heard how I basically pestered them into giving me a job, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm kidding. But so really it was how can we continue to give people a voice and, and give people a way to engage in this art form? And initially it was, okay, let's have them shadow us. But mm-hmm. that didn't really do anything for the good of people learning. So I actually sat down with Amanda Newman, our executive director, and we talked about the idea of implementing this training program. And lo and behold, now like a ton of our hired staff members have gone through this training program uh-huh. and quite frankly are better producers than I am. And so it's, <laughs> it's so cool to see how much passion and, and the drive that they have behind this. They've taken mm-hmm. this idea of this program that, you know, when we started, it was like, okay, do these two tasks. And mm-hmm. then it was, okay, do these four. And every year, more and more people come through this program and give us ideas of how we can make it a better program for the next year. And the great thing is we have people involved in the program that aren't just Varsity Vocals producers, but work with the Harmony Sweeps. Oh, and, cool. and they're really working in other areas. And the goal mm-hmm. isn't just, I mean, it's great. We're like, yes, we would love to hire every single person if possible, <laughs> but mm-hmm. also there's only only right now so many regents, although who knows right. what's coming in the future. But the goal is to have more people that are invested and involved in acapella and know how to run events and festivals. And so it's been really cool to see. I know some of my assistants mm-hmm. have gone on to assist in other small festivals or help run some of those small festivals that are happening around the nation. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't, I didn't even stop to think about that. The fact that they can apply these same skills to this. It's really like this niche community almost. I'm like a lot of people are getting into it, but you know, they're still so much to be developed and now you guys are providing all these skills to you know go out there and create so much more because I know in terms of me I'm based out of Texas and man throughout the collegiate years and even a little bit afterwards there was hardly anything here for us in terms of festivals and events and things like that and and recently as in the last and please feel free to correct me like five or six years we finally have the southwest uh, region here and so I that is so cool that now you guys are um, providing and equipping all of the your members here with these skills to go off and do greater things. Now, is this something that you're putting, uh, I guess, current staff members, not, I shouldn't say putting, but current staff members are finding a way of getting, uh, uh, taken on. Sorry. I'm, let me start again. <laughs> With these educational programs and these training programs, are you finding that current staff members are going back to take on these programs and kind of get involved? Or is it just like these are new people that are just coming up through the ranks? Every single person that's in so for the production assistant training program, mm-hmm. let's talk about that one first. They're all assigned a cooperating producer. Okay. So they basically like when they apply, they go through an interview process. So it's usually either a video or phone interview, depending on timing. So their producer, their cooperating producer matches with them. And and we're like, yeah, this is going to be a good pair. This is based on location, based on whatever it may be. And then they work with them. So they're shadowing them and observing them throughout the day. Uh-huh. And it, it does vary who your cooperating producer is. Like, mm-hmm. I know when I started this, I'm not good at delegating. So initially, I was just like, you know, I, you do these two tasks and I'll do the rest of them. And I mean, you ask any of my PAs from this year, both of my my semifinal, actually in Texas, the Southwest semifinal, oh, my PA ran that whole show. Wow. So it just is, it's, it's really cool to see them take the ownership 
membership. And, it, and it's a program where you can be as involved as you want. You'll get out of it what you put into it, mm-hmm. right? So, and a lot of these other, you know, people are working with other organizations or even taking from their own experiences. They're bringing stuff to the table for us that is helping grow the community that we couldn't have even imagined. Yeah. So it really is a partnership. Now for our media program, that's new this year. So our social media director and our media team have really taken on those individuals because that's their expertise. That's Mine is education, <laughs> theirs is media, right? <laughs> and so I, I know two of our media team members have been really doing results and updating the website and being consistently in charge of running that. Some of our other ones have been fully creating content for our Instagram stories. Yeah. So it's been really cool to see them. And I know at one of my shows, one of our media team members was like, look, I just, I created this Instagram post that went on the Varsity Vocals page. I'm like, yes, that's wow. your job. That's got to be so rewarding. But it's, wow. it's so cool to see that buy-in. So it really mm-hmm. is like, and now even talking to some of our, our staff that have been tenured for years and years that are just like, I don't know what I did without a PA. <laughs> so, and me too, I, I can't even imagine the way that they can connect, especially those of them that have just come out of a group, mm-hmm. the way that they can connect and really embrace being there and, and recognize, I was in your shoes last year and I remember yeah. this moment. And what's even cooler to me is, so I'm somebody that never moved on in competition. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And a lot of our staff members and a lot of our PAs and, and MAs haven't either. Yeah. And it really goes to show that it's not about right, the competition right. competition. Mm-hmm. It's about the performance. And a lot of us say as producers, you know, in my group meeting speech, I never talk about competition. I always talk about this is your opportunity to give the best performance that you possibly can in a community that's here to love and support you because everybody here has the same goal and that's to have a great time singing acapella right. music and to share their story. Yeah, and I got to say that, and so, this is kind of on topic, but also a little random, is while I was doing research for our interview with you, Elise, I did happen to come across one video of you kind of giving like this very moving, inspiring speech. Uh, I think it was right before an awards presentation. I don't know what year of ICHSA it was for, but it really kind of speaks to how this whole format is more than just about, you know, the competition. While it's it plays a huge part as we're, we're all discussing and um it means a lot in that sense but it's also about you know just fostering you know those relationships with the other performers and stuff and so i I think that speaks to the passion of the people that really are involved with the you know your whole organization at the end of the day and is that something that you typically try and communicate with all the different participants as you know the elements outside of competition absolutely and and i'm a firm believer that competition fosters growth but not just musical growth Mm -hmm. it's personal growth And I think so many things can foster growth. And this just happens to be the one that is international right now. And that because, again, of things like Glee and Pitch Perfect really helped propel that. But I never want my I'm going to call them students because I'm a teacher and that's what I do. (laughs) I never I never want the performers slash students to walk away from a competition feeling sad that they didn't win. Yeah, never. I want them to walk away knowing that they gave the performance that they're the most proud of. And what I always say is it's it's find your moment, right? So I distinctly remember being on stage and jamming out to a version of Domino playing the air guitar with my best friend, right? (laughs) I will remember that forever, forever. I will never remember what awards we didn't win, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's that moment where especially, you know, we're going to talk in a little bit about the current climate, but those people that it's it's their last performance, Mm -hmm. finding that moment with your friends, Mm -hmm. with your family that you've built this beautiful story with on stage and recognizing I'm here, my work is paying off, I'm enough, I'm telling my story and this crowd is here to support me and I'm here to support me. And so that's that's what it's really about. It's recognizing you're enough, your work is enough, Mm -hmm. Everything you've put into this moment is enough and you're going to go kill 
it on stage. And that's how you'll know because you'll have already won if you do that. Right. That's yeah, awesome. that's a beautiful message. So, and I'm thinking, um, Alicia, did you do a lot of competition during your time in Noteworthy at all? Or? Ooh, we did. We went to quarterfinals. Well, we did the video mm-hmm. and we were selected to go to quarterfinals. And we went to quarterfinals in, I think quarterfinals and semifinals were in California. So we finished second at our quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. And then we went on to... Um, the semifinals, which were also in California. I think the quarterfinals were in Northern California and the semifinals were in Southern California. I mean, that doesn't matter where they were, but, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we, we placed third at semis and then we went, because we were in second or third place at semis, we did the wild card round. Mm-hmm. So we sent the video in for that and we placed, I think we placed third in the wild card round. So that was really neat. But I mean, really when, I mean, just to kind of echo what Elise was saying, it's it's really about the experience and knowing, I mean, and the opportunity to perform and make those relationships with your friends and to share that with, with others. Yeah. And I, that's that's really cool. And I was I was only thinking about that in terms of, because I couldn't remember, I'm like, I've known you for all these years. I, I had no familiarity <laughs> in terms of, you know, your experience. Well, you also met me after all, <laughs> I was going to say all of my collegiate acapella, the one year. Right. And, <laughs> and so I was, and I was thinking, about the the programs that Elise has been discussing with us, and I'm thinking about all the advantages it has, and I'm and I'm thinking about it in the sense of the people. There are a lot of people that never got involved in acapella during their time for in high school or college, college, and I'm looking at this program and thinking, man, this is another connection on how to get involved in terms of acapella. Because I know there are so many people that listen out there that we there are a lot of fans out there, and they're just constantly thinking about involvement with acapella. And I'm curious, Elise. Is this something that you would recommend for those that segment or group of people that never had involvement? Absolutely. You do not have to have been in an acapella group to be in any of our programs. Mm -hmm. You just have to like it, (laughs) ideally. But (laughs) I mean, and and I get these questions that when people are, so the applications and stuff go up in the fall for the spring season. And I get questions a lot of times throughout the year as people have missed application dates or whatever it may be asking, okay, what are you looking for? How do I prepare? And it is like the most informal interview process, by the way. Perfect. I freak out over interviews. It's a conversation. It is. Because at the end of the day, I don't I don't care if you arranged one million songs that won a million caras. I care. I mean, that's great. But for this program, Mm -hmm. I care that you're passionate Mm -hmm. about acapella, that you're passionate, not even necessarily about acapella. You're passionate about what music can do. Yeah. Right. That's what I care about. So if you're a super fan, that's awesome. If you, if you've never even been to a show before, but you are passionate about what music can do, great. That's what we care about. That's what I want to see. So I'm usually like, I, you know, we have them, we have people send over resumes and, and letters of interest. Quite frankly, I look at that letter more than that resume. Oh, right. Cause I want to see why you're here. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from you. Like what, what, makes this exciting to you what makes this your passion what drives you to to want to be here and you can tell like in some of especially i mean i'm working with or i, I was working with this <laughs> oh, no. incredible pa this year that i've seen this person grow over the last couple of years last four years as a competitor and they cried at every single quarterfinal mm. they last year not even on the team at in any way went to every single quarterfinal just to support everybody yeah like they had no association with groups at four of the five quarterfinals and they just went because That's they love awesome. it. That is a, like, I can look at that person and say, I know you are going to change the world of acapella. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people like that. Our team and our, our PAs and our MAs and people that have graduated from the program, people that are thinking about doing the program. That's you. You know, you yeah. are going to 
change the world of acapella. So get involved, build those connections. And I, I hope this can be a way that you can. Unfortunately, we don't have a million shows that we can't take a million people, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I always encourage you to try because the worst thing you're going to get is me saying, I'm sorry, we don't have room this year, but here's my number and call me if you have any questions. <laughs> or here's like, I really, when I say that I want to help, I, I want to help in any way that I can because I was given this incredible gift of being able to be part of the best community. So I want to share that. So to all our listeners out there, there's no excuse for not getting involved, basically. <laughs> so you just heard it here. Right. So you mentioned that you've been able to see all this great growth with these individuals that you've worked with and the groups that you've interacted with. I'm wondering how how you're able to maybe continue that or try to foster that still with the abruptness of how the season unfortunately had to end this year to, to do yeah. that as we all yeah. know the COVID-19 crisis. It's really hard because we found ourselves in a really reactive place instead of a proactive place. Not just be not because of anything but because we're all reacting to to basically yeah this thing that got torn from truly like the way that I look at it is this got torn from so many stakeholders. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about the seniors in these groups. I think about people that it's, it's their last time performing. I think about the directors that they have just this special group of students. I Mm -hmm. think about the work that's gone into this and that's what we're all thinking about. Right. And so it's, it's hard because with that, we're all in that place, but also stepping into my director's shoes. I know a lot of us in our place where we're not even getting to talk to our students. So how can how can you bring them closure Mm -hmm. when there's no conversation like there's no Internet access to connect to these to these people? And how are you able to talk with them when I I think it was I want to say it was the 13th of March or the 12th, whatever that Thursday was, Mm because I remember we were I was planning a semifinal that weekend and we (laughs) were going to do it. And, you know, it it gave my last day of school was March 13th. It gave one day, one day to try to wrap your heads around it. And I remember a sentiment that one of my directors sent me and we I think we made the decision on that Thursday and sent it out to everybody immediately as soon as we knew I was calling directors like my semifinalists saying, make sure, you know, if, if you bought a t- trip to New York, let me know who I can call for you mm-hmm. looking up, you know, airline refunds. And one director said to me, he called me afterwards and he said, you know, I was in the middle of recording our set for the wild card for mm-hmm. uh, my group. And mm. I saw your text and I just kept going oh, because wow. I knew that was going to be their last performance. Wow. And that was like, I mean, it was one of the most powerful sentiments. These kids, these directors, these mm-hmm. parents yeah, that's are a big just yep. so invested in in what we're doing. And I just, I mean, our number and when we're going through, when we were going through this whole thing, it was really, we wanted to put it off because we, mm-hmm. we wanted to put the emotional needs of our students, knowing their hard work, knowing what directors go through every year, knowing the paperwork and the travel mm-hmm. and the, I mean, there's yeah. so many things we didn't want to make a call crushing people's dreams, basically, is, is what it came to. Right. So just for clarification for you specifically did you say that you didn't even have a chance to meet in person with your students like any of your students but like when the announcement came out that this everything was happening so for me personally yeah thursday night uh, i think it was like the 12th was the night that the decision was made and friday was the last day of school so you would we would have had like a whatever school day and that i mean that's just me i don't know what it was like for anybody else but Mm -hmm. i can only imagine and even then their biggest worry is not <laughs> it's not that although i'm sure no, now yeah. it's really sunk i mean this is actually i i don't know if you even realize this this is finals weekend we're coming up on oh, finals oh, weekend I didn't right even now think huh? of that my gosh so oh. yeah i know I, I have in my calendar i was like i was supposed to fly to new york this morning <laughs> like but- every 
thing is just kind of like molded together because I follow so many groups online and I've just witnessed over weeks that, hey, this was the set that we were going to perform and here's all the thoughts and things we're thinking. I didn't even put that into perspective that, man, this was the weekend. That's insane. Right. I think it's really hard because we all have this idea that we want to talk about what we've lost. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in this time. And we want to focus on I, speaking, I mean, of loss and just to be abrupt, like I'm even thinking about like our executive director. This is her whole job. This is her. She oh, is yeah. like this is her small business. And she is saying she's putting every student first. She's putting mm. every parent is getting refunded tickets for. I mean, like mm-hmm. she is just going wow, above and beyond. Incredible. And I'm just going to give a little like I have never been more grateful to work for anybody than in this yeah. situation. You can see who people really are. And she is just a, a star in the world. And the fact that like her first instinct was to email us and to say, how can we keep people connected? Mm-hmm. That was her first instinct, not <laughs> let's look at all of these venues that I'm going to thousands of dollars to it's her first instinct is how can we keep people going and the really cool thing and i would and we i can't take any responsibility for this and i i know varsity has been trying to share but it really it comes down to the students Mm -hmm. they're the ones that are connecting they're they're posting their sets they're posting all these all these videos where they're getting together to try to do do some sort of like quarantine collaborative Mm -hmm. of let's all sing this part of the song i know voices uh for the university of chicago put out this all Mm -hmm. call to learn a part of a song and that was a really cool way to stay involved. And there are so many Mm -hmm. groups like that. So it really is the time, especially if you're somebody that's feeling like you lost something from this. I mean, it's hard because we're all like, well, we don't have to be positive right now. Right. But (laughs) there are so and you don't. Right. We get it. But. There are so many ways to still connect. And, and there are other people, just like at a competition, who are in your place, who feel this with you. And mm-hmm. this is when we're at our most vulnerable. And this is when acapella can really mean the most to us. So <laughs> continuing to share your song, even just I see like some of the seniors that have added me on Facebook sharing their little senior songs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if I could just make mm-hmm. a montage of all of those videos. Oh, man, uh, that would be perfect. So you mentioned that Amanda, her first instinct was to email everyone and say, how can we keep connected? Yes. I'm, I'm curious, um, with everything that has happened, what varsity vocals has done to maybe boost the morale of the staff, um, maybe to at least to post some encouragement to those groups who really just had their dreams crushed. Yeah, absolutely. And and really, right off the bat, Varsity Vocals has gone through, and this is kind of answering both questions, I think, actually. Okay, okay um, perfect. Immediately, our social media went to how can we support local artists, right? This okay. is the time to work with arrangers, right, who aren't necessarily having an income now. This is the time to plan for next year, to get your hopes up, get excited again, and bring you together. This is the time to collaborate with people you may not normally be able to because of the time commitment issues. Mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of sharing, but but really it is the ideas from people in our community and just being the connection piece between them. So that's been the big thing in terms of the community. And this season is is not closed in our hearts in any way, shape, or form. Right? How can we keep sharing that music? How And, and truly, I don't know that this season will ever feel closed Mm -hmm. how can we keep sharing that music how can we keep inspiring people and that's it's been a question that's gonna we're gonna continue to address as time goes on and we're gonna continue to try to find new ways but in terms of our staff morale it's it's hard because again this is something that we're all so invested in but again it's a part-time job for all of us you know and so (laughs) yeah this is still reality for you all feel that way about it i I think truly in our hearts this is everybody's everything everybody Mm. in the acapella community i think it's everybody's everything and so (laughs) truly what we've been doing is we've been having i've seen in quotation marks more of them 
in the last month because we do like Zoom, FaceTime, okay. whatever it may be, house party games and I, more <laughs> than ever. And like, I know tomorrow we're going to pretend like we're in New York together. So oh, we're going to just go on, be on, that on call. Zoom and oh, eat breakfast in front of each other. Um, oh, and I'm sure we'll do wonderful. some sort of like sharing our favorite moments from the season. And I really, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I would encourage people to do. I know it's hard because our first instinct is to say, well, you know, think about like a teacher mind Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like we're just in safety mode right now. We're not even... <laughs> we're not even in in any form of self fulfillment or right taking it's starting to sit now I think and and for me like I'm thinking about PFC for example who was the Southwest mm-hmm. finalist they had their semifinal yeah. and I remember talking to Matt Woodward their incredible director and and Anna and just he was like you know this was an incredible year and I'm just I'm just so proud of my kids and and they've been so positive and understanding like there's grief here but they're moving forward and and that's just you know mm-hmm. that's a director that is always pushing forward and all of our directors are always pushing forward forward and it's really cool to see them recognizing their students and sharing things from their students those of them that are still able to be in contact with them but again it's this place where like we are a lot of people are really it hasn't set in that Mm -hmm. this is the season's over you know yeah and i I think this weekend we're going to be seeing a lot more so i i know personally like my goal for myself is just to be on facebook and send messages where i can and i've got a, a little email drafted but again it's it's like how much we we can only do what we can and i'm hoping that my words can help but it's not about me it's right. it's about the kids and so the the one right. thing is that if you're a competitor that lost something this season it's just recognizing that we're heartbroken for you it's mm-hmm. it's not about us we recognize the effort the energy the passion the drive the, the commitment that went into your sets and at the end of the day it's about your safety and that's just a little more important right now yeah and i think from personally i th- i look at it as uh, the, the whole takeaway that i'm seeing online from the messaging that you're sharing with us as well as uh, the way these groups have been affected is that man there there's a lot of heart there's a lot of passion there's a lot of love around what this organization means to so many people. I don't think that message is lost on anyone at the end of the day. I know while people are a little bit upset and a little bit saddened by what has kind of transpired, I think what we're all seeing is this ability to still connect with one another and still share that music at the end of the day. Because as much as it means for you all to still reach out to all these other people, you know, the, the heart of, you know, ICCA and ICHSA still lives on in so much that we're seeing right now. And I think that that's going to be something that we're going to be able to look back and be like, hey, something good came out of all of this. So thank you for sharing that the inspiration of, you know, what you guys are doing, what's on your minds, what's top of mind and what's in your hearts at the end of the day. Unfortunately, we have to take one more <laughs> short break. Then we're going to come back and speak more with Elise Hackle on Tacapella. Oh, whoops. That's not what Friday Night Live is about. Akaville has a show every Friday evening starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, where we play live, yes, live music, not by me, but by your favorite groups, high school, collegiate, semi-pro, and pro. So tune in Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for live acapella music only on Akaville Radio. 
Thanks for joining us back on Talkapella. Man, if you have not been listening, I'm going to advise that you please go back once this episode is posted on our website and listen. There are so many gems, so much knowledge, so much to just uh, take away from what we've been discussing with our guest today, Elise Hackle of Varsity Vocals. Man, we've been touching on all the educational, the training programs that Varsity Vocals offers, as well as her role as a producer. And then our second segment was filled with so much love and inspiration about what this season has meant to so many people in terms of uh, what we're all facing right now in terms of a shortened competition season. So we can't thank Elise enough for sharing uh, the messaging and, you know, what's going on in terms of what Varsity Vocals is doing to, you know, just keep hopes high during um, this crazy time that we're all facing right now. Elise, as I said earlier, it's been a joy. I feel like I could just sit here and listen to you talk and share your stories all day. And with that, we'd like to ask you to share with our listeners, if you could give them one piece of advice, what would you share with them? Yeah, I think especially now more than ever in the time that we're in, don't give up on especially your musical dreams. Anything that you want to be involved in, do it. You can. If you don't think that you have the tools to do it, somebody around you can. In our community, I guarantee somebody is more than willing to help. So don't be afraid, you know, to reach out to those people that inspire you to let them know you never know what partnerships are going to be made. Don't be afraid to sing a new song, try a new arrangement, try something new for you or your group, because that's how these incredible moments are made. So find that moment, take that moment and make it yours because you absolutely can do whatever you set your mind to. It's wonderfully said. Perfect. Go out there and support one another, people. And on that note, Elise, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, learn more about any activities or projects you're involved with, the work that you do at Varsity Vocals, anything that, you know, that means a lot to you, where, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So the Varsity Vocals Instagram is still going strong. But even more than that, I think, especially during this time, any groups, any group social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, follow those groups, find those groups, because that's really where you're going to make the big connections. So Varsity Vocals is that connection piece to, to help bring people together. But you going out there and exploring your own, that's that's what you should be doing right now. So follow those other <laughs> social media handles as well. All right. You heard it from Elise. Go follow all the channels of Varsity Vocals. So please go do it. And on that note as well, Alicia, if our listeners wanted to, you know, learn more about our new co-hosts, you know, where could they go to learn more about you? Thanks, Brian. You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is Merwin Nation. That's M-E-R-W-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. And you can also find me on Twitter. My Twitter is Alicia Edwards 19. Awesome. And you can always go and listen to to my crazy ramblings about sports, acapella, anything else under the sun on Twitter at the Brian Alex. And of course, go follow all the work that I do with College Acapella on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And even more important, please go follow our channels on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, Talkapella you know, T-A-L-K-A-P-P-E-L-L-A. And of course, go look at our website at talkapella.org. And yeah, that's going to do it for our show today. Elise, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. It was a, a absolute pleasure. It was so great to talk to you and <laughs> keeping the acapella community strong, especially in these times. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you very much. And on that note, that's going to wrap up our show today. Please, please, please go follow Acaville Radio. Without them, we wouldn't have a platform to hold all these wonderful conversations and bring on all these amazing guests on our show. So go follow Acaville Radio on all the important channels there. So that's going to wrap us up today. So for everything else, stay tuned.